Hey, it's Christy Powell with Learn to Thrive Well, and we are going to start Chapter 7 now, September the 4th, in the book Becoming the Woman God Wants Me to Be by Donna Parto. So in Chapter 7, we're going to start with um, personal appearance. That's what this whole chapter is about. I'm going to do this a little bit different than we did in the last six chapters. I'm actually going to do a podcast on the entire chapter. Just a brief overview so that you can be um, driving or just doing other things as you just get caught up on the chapter before we start our first class. So on day 43, she talks about sticking with our core color. She gives us some really good guides on how to do that. Um, Our scripture to memorize for this segment is uh, she makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Proverbs 31, 22 through 23. She also recommends reading Ezekiel 16, 10 through 14. And I'll read that for you. I clothed you with an embroidered dress and put leather sandals on you. I dressed you in fine linen and covered you with costly garments. I adorned you with jewelry. I put bracelets on your arms and necklace around your neck, and I put a ring on your nose, earrings in your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. So you were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothes were of fine linen and costly fabric and embroidered cloth. And your fame spread among the nations on account of your beauty, because the splendor I had given you Made your beauty perfect, declares the Sovereign Lord. Again, that was Ezekiel sixteen ten through 14 So Donna goes on to talk about um, the personal section of sticking with your core color. And she's given us some really good ideas about how to do that. Um, first of all, she, she really wanted to know who came up with theology that God wants women to be frumpy must not have read the Old Testament. In today's passage from Ezekiel, God described the outfit he personally picked out for women um, of Israel. He clearly stated up front that I clothed you, right? God's fashion sense included embroidered dresses, leather sandals, fine linen, expensive clothes, just like the scripture um, can say. The Bible says that the Israel women, Israeli women, were so beautiful and well-dressed. And their fame spread around the world. The Proverbs 31 woman was clothed in, clothed in fine linen and purple, an equivalent, the equivalent to a modern designer chick. So now that we dispensed of that silliness about um, how spiritual is to look ugly, we're going to get to work on a few steps on our personal appearance, um, selecting a core color was what this whole chapter is about. Um, And what she is really pointing out to us is very convicting. Um, It shows that we have made a lot of decisions to pick a lot of things and choose a lot of colors and fill our closets full of clothes and with shoes and they all match and they have to have a purse to match. And um, not only do we get overwhelmed by that, but um, we also find it that 
there's there's items in our closet that we're only using once or twice um, the entire time that we own it. So she noted here that almost all of her shoes are black for winter with some white for summer and her life is much easier when she simplifies it by carrying one purse per season where she used to have a purse for every outfit. So that's kind of a good tip for us to think that through. She said when she surveyed her closets and purged a lot of items that um, she found out that she uh, got rid of things that didn't coordinate with black because black was her core color. And um, she really, really encourages us to pick a core color and stick with it. And she's going to explain that to us in the um, notes to come. So if you want your if you don't want to buy a color or buy, if you don't want to hire a color consultant, you can buy the book um, that Donna has after we finish this 90 day jump start, which is what this becoming the woman God wants us to be is. Um, she's got some simplified guidelines about picking the core colors. So dark hair and dark eyes, your core color should be black, dark hair and blue or hazel eyes. Go by your skin tone. She says, if dark, go with black. If light, go with Navy blonde hair and blue or hazel eyes. Navy would be your core color. Red hair, brown would be your core color. Sandy hair and brown eyes, camel, would be your core color. So she went on to tell a story about being in Colombia, and she marveled about how awesome the women looked, and she realized that they all had a wardrobe with a core color and that everything they had in their closet matched that core color. So um, she also said a few things about America and America is a melting pot, and so shopping is not that simple. Um, that's the most reason. That's the reason why most women wear the wrong color, because we go shopping and there's so much to choose from. So, just when you thought you couldn't possibly make you give give you, <laughs> just when you thought Donna couldn't possibly make you give anything else away, guess what? Um, she is encouraging us to extend our hands to the needy one more time or make another trip to the consignment shop and get rid of everything that doesn't coordinate with your core color. That is very drastic for some people. For some people, it is not drastic. For me, it is drastic. However, I like the simplicity of it. So I think I'm going to try to fit it into a little bit of... Um, my agenda. So I don't know that I'm going to go full force, get rid of everything that doesn't match my core color, but I am going to try to simplify my life a little bit by moving towards that direction. So she says it doesn't matter how much you paid for it or where you wore it, how nostalgic or how well it fits. What matters is it's the wrong color and there's nothing worse than a woman and the way they look if it's not their color. So, um, it'll save you a lot of time and money in the future. It'll actually stretch your wardrobe because everything you have is going to coordinate with your core color and it, you could wear it with everything else. So, um, the affirmation for this day was I wear my core color to simplify my life. And that's about it. So, 
On to day 44, determine your ideal weight. This is interesting, um, especially since I'm in the process of trying to uh, take a few pounds off myself. The scripture to memorize for day 44 is she makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Proverbs 31, 22 and 23. She goes on to talk about um, feeling powerless in the face of unrelenting onslaught of food that looks good and tastes good even though it isn't good for me. I need your help, Lord. Heal those places in my soul that drive me to reach for food rather than you for comfort. Forgive me and heal me. Amen. That was Donna's prayer um, about determining her ideal weight. So we already determined that the Proverbs 31 woman was clothed in fine linen and purple. She did wear the most expensive clothing at that time. Um... The way to position yourself to be able to afford better clothing is to wear one size only. I don't know about you all, but I do have clothing in a bigger size, and I have clothing in a smaller size, and I'd really like to get down to the smaller size and stay there. She said it's really important um, to do that so that you can have nicer clothing in one size instead of having um, not as nice of clothing in three different sizes. So, um, she's got a friend that once her clothes start getting tight, um, she decides it's time to start watching what's on her plate. So the essential for making the most of your wardrobe is to have a one size wardrobe. As I just mentioned, there's also a body mass index chart at the end of your book, but it's also in, um, on a website your ideal weight is the healthiest weight you can maintain while living a sustainable lifestyle, meaning um, eating, doing a low-carb diet, for example, um, is not sustainable. I can't go, you can't go, most people cannot go with no carbs or very few carbs for their entire life. So that is not a sustainable lifestyle. That is not and when you get down to some crazy weight from that particular type of change in your lifestyle, um, that's not a weight that you're going to be able to sustain because um, you can't sustain that lifestyle of eating. So your ideal weight is the healthiest weight you can maintain while leading a sustainable lifestyle. So finding out what is best um, for you is the best option as far as what is a sustainable lifestyle. So if I lived on nothing but eggs and water and lemon and got down to 120 pounds and wear a size six, that's not a sustainable lifestyle for me. However, um, I did weigh, I don't think I ever weighed 120, but let's just say 140. I was, I weighed 140 in my early 20s. However, that was great, and I looked fabulous in a size 6, 8. I went back and forth back then just because of um, style and size. So um, that's really not the ideal weight for me. However, um, when I got to my highest weight, which I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> uh, transparency is only good when you want it to be. Um, 
I was eating for emotional reasons or stress or whatever. And that obviously is not going to be my sustainable weight because that weight was not the type of lifestyle I'm going to have most of the time. So you need to find out what that weight is between your lowest weight and your highest weight that is sustainable for you and make some minor changes like eating, not living on junk food and coffee at your highest weight and not eating egg whites and drinking water only at your lowest weight. So something that's a healthy program, moderate exercise three to four times a week, that's something that you can maintain and stay in a size that's comfortable for you. So be realistic, not idealistic when trying to determine your ideal weight. Factor in your height and your frame and your body type. Um, Think it through. Make sure that you feel healthy. Um, It's ironic many women should be concerned about losing weight because they're dangerously out of shape but aren't willing to put in the effort to reach a healthy size. So obviously diet and exercise are very important to your overall health, not just your weight. Exercise is actually going to strengthen your heart and your body, and that's very important. So not only was a Proverbs 31 woman clothed in fine linen and purple, she was clothed with strength and dignity. And we don't get strength and dignity from um, our food. Well, we get some strength from our food, but strength and dignity comes from exercise and God's word, right? Um, Our physical appearance should convey that, that we have strength and dignity so that we can be well balanced. The devil's always looking for someone to devour and the target person is someone who is out of balance. So um, discover and commit to a healthy weight for life and then build that very best one size wardrobe and enjoy top quality clothing because you only have to buy one size. So that is day 44. There's no point to standing in your closet staring at clothes you can't wear. It's an emotional drain. That's her tip for day 44. And she's got a BMI index chart on page 166 if you've got your book. Okay, on to day 45. Purge personal items. Here we go again. Donna is encouraging us to purge more personal items. So again, our scripture to memorize, she makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Proverbs 31, 22 through 23. So um, we want to throw off everything that hinders us from becoming the woman that God wants us to be. Therefore, the purge continues. She has encouraged us to get rid of all the skincare and makeup products that we bought more than a year ago. So in doing so, that is going to not only take away the overwhelm, but it also is going to encourage us not to buy that one item from Estee Lauder and Clinique where you get a whole slew of samples that you have maybe stored underneath your cabinet or in a sh- on a shelf in your bathroom and um, hasn't been used for years and years and years. You just think you're going to use it someday. So um, it was a gift to yourself. You thought you were getting a great deal. So um, she encouraged us to do the makeup purge 
Next, she's talking about accessories. So think about this as accessories, scarves, hat belts, that kind of thing. Um, if you were recently in the the uh, Bible study with Priscilla Schreier at Stephanie Epps's home, she um, Priscilla also um, talked about this and and all the belts that she had. And anyway, finally, jewelry. Be ruthless. Um, even if your mom gave it to you, even if your five year old made it for you. Even if you bought it on your honeymoon in Tahiti, if you don't wear it, get rid of it. Now, if you can put it in the trash can, make yourself a bin and put nostalgia on the side of the bin and keep those few little items and um, store them, those things that are important to you. No, that's just a few, not all of them. So when you purchase jewelry in the future, remember that the Proverbs 31 woman wore fine linen and God adorned them with the purest of gold. So you might consider spending more money on a few quality pieces of jewelry rather than filling a giant jewelry box. <laughs> Sorry about that. With lots and lots and lots of um, costume jewelry. I love costume jewelry. So this one's going to be a tough one for me. But it does say, give away the 80% of your jewelry you almost never wear. And definitely get rid of things that only go with one outfit. Surely you can find something else that also works with that outfit. Might not match quite as perfectly, but remember, perfection is often the enemy of peace. Less is more. So, that's that. We are purging makeup and jewelry. If you haven't worn it in a very long time, get rid of it or give it to someone who needs it. Day 46, the importance of being modest. So, of course, our scripture to memorize is the same, Proverbs 31, 22 through 23, and she really wants us to memorize this. That's why we go over it every day. She makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed, with, clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes a seat among the elders of the land. Um, we are going to talk today about modesty and how important it is, um, not only for us, but for um, those girls who are looking to us and those boys that are looking to us to show um, a great example of how a woman, a Proverbs 31 woman, would dress or someone who just loves Jesus would dress. We don't want to cause anyone to stumble. Um, this one's near and dear to my heart because I did not dress in a way that was glorifying to God for many, many years of my life. And I was very blessed to have a body that I'm not sure why the Lord had given me um, back when I was younger. And I really wore things that were stumbling to people, I'm sure, men and women, now that I know more about um, modesty and why it's so important. So um, the Proverbs 31 woman and her husband were acknowledged at the city gates, and they represented the seat of political, economical, and social leadership in their culture. So it was kind of a combination of Congress, Wall Street, and Society Page all rolled into one. Um, the Bible tells us her husband was respected at the city gate and then adds, let her work bring her praise at the city gate. So there's nothing wrong with a Christian achieving fame, acclaim, and influence in politics, business, or society. 
Today's passage urges us to pray for those in authority and do everything we can to live peacefully within the context of our culture with a view toward bringing salvation to our countrymen. However, the Bible doesn't teach us total cultural conformity. We should go about getting along, but only to a point. The line Paul draws in the sand is modesty. Today's passage was written to Timothy, who was pastoring a church in Ephesus, a sexually decadent city where hundred decadent city where hundreds, perhaps even thousands of women worked as prostitutes at the massive temple of Artemis, the multi-breasted goddess of fertility. It's hard for us to imagine now. But attending worship service meant having sex with strangers and even participating in massive sexual festivals. These temple prostitutes were wealthy and well-dressed, much like our Hollywood and music stars are today who earn millions for dressing and behaving seductively. To show the relevance of Paul's message for us today, here's what I believe he is saying. Women in the church should not look like women on the cover of Cosmopolitan, Maxim, or any other magazine for that matter. They may be how women in the culture dress, but it's not appropriate for God's woman. My comments today may offend some readers, but I feel strongly that while God's women should be dressed in fine linen and purple, they should wear enough of that fine linen and purple to cover key body parts. That was Donna's note. So she goes on to talk about how she's shocked by the way some Christian women's dress. Um, It's offensive to see young women bearing cleavage, but it's really um, not pretty to see mature Christians showing, revealing uh, brown-spotted cleavage. And then she notes, Lord, have mercy on us all. So remember, ladies, for the kingdom's sake, for modesty's sake, and well, for mercy's sake, more, more fabric. I thought that was cute. So she suspects the Proverbs 31 woman was over 40, which explains why she wore only expensive clothing. You and I both know that expensive clothing looks much better on, um, 40 and over lady than it does. Um, well, then the department store clothing does that looks great on 20 year olds, but not so much on a 40 year old. So as she goes on to talk about the different shapes and what you should wear, which you can learn more about that in her book, um, in the next book that she has out, her point was that women knew what was considered seductive in their culture. And many of them deliberately dressed to entice as Christian women. We need to be aware of what is considered seductive so that we can avoid dressing enticingly. And here's something to think about. Jesus said, when a man lusts after a woman in his heart, he's already committed adultery with her. How many people does it take to commit adultery? The last time I counted, it took two. I sincerely believe that a woman who dresses seductively is every bit of mint guilty of mental adultery as the men she causes to lust after her. No, you can't be responsible for the thoughts of every man around you, but you can be responsible to dress modestly. So rethink your clothing items that may not be flattering or appropriate. So she was talking about modesty, but she's also talking about um, wearing clothes that flatter you and your body as well. So on day 47, Um, This was my favorite day in chapter seven. She wants us to evaluate our countenance, which um, I love that. So, of course, our same scripture to memorize was Proverbs 31, 22 and 23. She makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate. 
where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Passage to read, 1 Peter 3, 3-5, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to make themselves beautiful. There are women whose countenance reflects the love and care they receive, not from the earthly husband, but from a heavenly one. Those women who know deep down in their spirit they are precious and honored in God's sight. Those women who deprive their primary identity from their relationship with God rather than their relationship with any human being. A countenance that radiates a gentle and quiet spirit grows out of God confidence. A, a contentious spirit, the opposite of gent- gentle and quiet, is rooted in insecurity and a lack of self-confidence. The Bible says Sarah didn't give in to fear, even though her husband gave her to Pharaoh for the night. Not because she had any confidence in her husband, for he had gotten her into this mess. She certainly didn't have confidence in herself. She was powerless to escape. No, Sarah kept a gentle and quiet spirit, even in the worst of circumstances, because she had confidence in God. By contrast, with God confidence, you trust completely that God has, God has a purpose for your life and that He is more than capable of seeing it fulfilled, despite all evidence to the contrary. You trust that God is the greatest husband in the world and He will take care of you even if your earthly husband won't. So we have the ability to have God confidence. Self-confidence looks inward. God confidence looks upward. On which one does your life rest? What does your countenance reflect? What does it tell the world about your husband, both earthly and heavenly? I love that part of this week's lesson. Um, I'm going to go over a little bit of weekly reflection here. Are you listening and hearing God's voice? What is he saying to you? Am I increasingly manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? What areas in my life look encouraging? What areas need prayer? What did God teach me in my time alone with Him this week? Which priorities did I live by? Which goals did I pursue? Which priorities or goals did I neglect? What new thing did I learn about life, God, my family, and the people around me this week? What are my specific priorities, goals for the coming week? Take out your notebook and schedule priorities and goals for the coming week. That's a wrap-up of Personal Appearance, Chapter 7, in Becoming the Woman God Wants Me to Be, where we talked about evaluating our countenance, where we talked about Um, the importance of modesty, purging personal items, finding our ideal weight, and sticking with our core color. Doing all of this could be overwhelming, but just doing one little chunk at a time makes us progress and move forward. Let me say a prayer for us. Dear Lord, I'm amazed at the beauty you intend for your women. All I can say is clothe me, Lord, 
to think what you want me to wear and how you want me to look. You really are awesome, Lord. I want to be a beautiful woman inside and out, yes, on the outside too. Thank you for understanding that I want to look and feel beautiful. Holy Spirit, make me to radiate the love of God and the joy of being loved by Him that no one notices the wrinkles or other imperfections. Amen and amen.